Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Blood, I give you thanks for the cross. I give you thanks that you have brought salvation. And early on, some men were able to experience this and tell other men like Paul who tried to tell other men like Agrippa. But some will listen, some will not. Some will bask in the lavish extravagance of your love and mercy. And some will continue to harden their hearts and to go astray from your desire for their lives. We pray that you would raise up a remnant in these last days that fear nothing but God, love nothing but God, serve nothing but God, and that you would crown them with glory. We pray that the message of the cross would be our reality and our hope and our good news. And let it reach the farthest part of our being so that we might be set free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
these men who understood the cross and had come to the cross were able to take this message everywhere they went, all over the world. In Acts chapter 20, verse 26, Paul says, I've already shared unto you the message of the cross. Therefore, I declare today that I'm innocent of the blood of all men. It's the message of the cross that is delivered to each man. Verse 27, he says, I did not stop. I did not hesitate. I did not slow down to proclaim to you the whole will of God. The message of the cross is the message that Paul wanted to get out to those that he met. And that's what he was able to speak not only there in Acts 20, but in 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. He said these words, I am resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The preaching of the cross I know is nonsense to those who are involved in this dying world. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. A lot of people see the cross as a Christian symbol and do not understand it. There is an expression of the cross that is necessary for the rest of our lives because the cross deals with the deepest sorrow in man's heart. That which is corrupt, that which is twisted, that which is, that which is uh, perverted. In 1 Corinthians 1.17, as Paul arrives to the Corinthians church, he says, I did not, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, not with wisdom's uh, not with the wisdom of words, but with the power of the cross. So that, so if I get too fancy and lose the cross of Christ, it will be emptied of its power. Christ was able to model for us this, and we have it up there in, on this platform, the cross, the sign of Death, because the Bible says, cursed is anyone who dies upon the cross. And then Christ comes and, and takes that place. And the message is that, that he takes it on our behalf. He takes it to be able to rectify and put all things that are out of order back in order. Without the cross, we don't have a chance to ever get to where God is calling us. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, your problem focuses upon the absence of the cross in your life. The situation that you face, those people that affect you the most, it's because of one reason. It's because there's no cross in their life. And the greatest and most contagious conduct upon the earth is that man willing to deny himself and take up a cross. And you could witness it upon him. He doesn't even have to speak. And you can know that he is a man who carries the cross, the good news of the gospel. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, Paul says, The men who fail to take up the cross become a travesty in this world. 
And he says like this, I have often told you before, and now I speak it once again with tears in my eye that many, say with me, many, many men live as enemies of the cross of Christ. You talk to them about the cross and they say, no thank you. And the reason they say no thank you is because they still desire to walk in that which is opposite of love, which is selfishness. They still want to express the most sinister of man's heart, the expression of selfishness. Christ came to deliver us of this monster. In the church of Corinth, there was all sorts of things taking place. There was division, there was immaturity, there was incest, there were lawsuits, there were carnality, impurities, there was the sin of idolatry of every kind, all sorts of stuff. They say that, that the reason God put the letters to the Corinthians is because there would never be a church upon the earth that would not be a reflection of that church. We begin to unravel and uncover and reveal the strife, the enmity, the problems in everyone's life. It would, it would be a replica of the church of Corinth. Today, more than ever, men are stuck in immaturity. They refuse to grow up. They refuse to take responsibility. They're walking as children in this world. They're strapped into sexual immorality, pornography, the sins of sensuality, the sin of idolatry and the love of money. And it's these men who have become enemies of the cross of Christ. The Bible says in verse 19, Philippians 3.19, he describes them more in this regard. Their end will be a destruction. Their God is whatever they feel like doing at the moment they're doing it. Their God is their stomach. They live by their gut feelings. They live by what they feel. We talked about this on Thursday night. Their glory will be revealed as shame. Why? Because their mind is stuck on an earthly realm. Their their thoughts are captured. Their circumstances, they live by the surroundings of their present. They don't understand what's going to happen tomorrow because of how they're living today. They continue walking the path of destruction. Because of one reason, there is no cross. James 3.15 describes these, the step progressions of those that have no cross saying this wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly. It's not the way that God wants us to live. If he were to send down a message from heaven, it wouldn't be like this. Their wisdom is earthly. At first, the first word is, is just like Philippians 3 where it says that they set their minds on earthly things. They react and respond to what's taking place around them, and this causes them to walk, the Bible says, in a sensual manner. Right here it says unspiritual. Another translation says sensual. 
They're responding to their circumstances in a, in a carnal feeling, in a sensual mindset. But it doesn't stop there. This is only the direction of destruction. And it goes from, from earthly realm to a sensual feeling, reacting on what's taking place, and then it becomes demonic. The power of strongholds that hold you against your will. All to be set and to be defeated by the cross of Christ. The one that has given us a wisdom that is from above, which is not earthly. It's supernatural. That's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to all men. This message of the cross is powerful. This message of the cross sets a different course. It gives you a different destiny. It gives you the victory of God's purpose in your life. In Galatians 3.13, Paul wanted the Galatians to understand this, that Christ has come to deliver us, to redeem us from the curse of the law. And he did this by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that is hung on a tree. Cursed is everyone who dies upon a cross. Verse 14. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. What a travesty to have a way out of our destruction and not grab onto it. Hebrews 6.19 says, This cross becomes like an anchor, surely fixed, secure for our soul. No longer walk because of what we feel, because of what is happening. Now we are at the cross and it is an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. And it has a, a tie, a, a something you could, you could grab onto and follow the anchor of the cross. And it will lead you behind the veil. It will lead you to, to the glory of God. You will see things you never even expected to see if you walk in that manner. If you walk in that direction. People joke around saying, my cross is my husband. My cross is my wife. My cross is my children. My friend, you don't have a clue what your cross is. Your only hope is the cross of Christ. And that upon that Christ, a cross, you might be crucified. He says these words, Galatians 6.14, But God forbid that I should boast, that I should praise, that I should glory in anything. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I have been crucified to the world. I'm not going to walk like the world wants me to walk. I'm not going to think like the world wants me to think. I'm not going to poison my soul. I'm going to take everything that's happening to me to the cross. I'm going to take everything that's going on to the, to the feet of the cross. I'm not going to be stirred up in my emotions. I'm not going to go in the direction of my feelings. For that to me would be destruction. So he says, I boast in nothing but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in that cross that we have that reality to be crucified to what we want 
and to crucify us to the world. Galatians 2.20. Paul says it like this, and I hope you say it after today. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. I am nailed to the cross. I'm never again going to express my sentiment, my sensuality, which is not necessarily sexual. But those feelings that take us to hate, to despise, to desire to destroy, to walk in a diabolical mindset of twisted thoughts that are so corrupt. The life I live in the body from now on, I live putting my eyes, my faith, my confidence in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's provision at the cross. And the Bible says in verse uh, Galatians 5.24, those that belong to Christ, you can tell somebody who belongs to Christ, it's not difficult. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified this sensual nature with its passions and desires. No longer walking in a real toxic expression of lost man. But they have been crucified together with Christ. Those who belong to Christ have crucified this sinful nature with its passions and desires. It's really important this morning that you might understand that everything going on that's an expression of destruction and earthly sensuality where men are walking uh, in a sick mindset. I was just reminded of this incident that took place in Africa where men go into a mall and they start slitting people's throat, walking in the, in the disgusting expression of trying to defend the Islamic faith. And, and, and bringing things upon the earth. Can't even believe that this is taking place in my lifetime. How is this taking place just in, in another country that you're at the mall and people are having their throats slit and shot in the head? And this is man at its worst. And that expression of man is coming straight out of the heart of men that refuse to come to Christ and to the cross. The Bible says that at the cross, Jesus was punished so that we might be forgiven. Those people who cannot forgive, and, and you listen to me, if you do not forgive, you're destroyed. That thing is like drinking poison. In these last days, they've been putting some really crazy mixtures of chemicals into heroin and it's called croc crocodile heroin and as you consume this drug to appease your sentiments and the emotions of this world it devours the flesh and the flesh begins to peel off the bones and so that's the same thing that's taking place in your life because you refuse to come to the cross and to let go the sins of others. Christ has taken your sins. We have the responsibility to continue to nail the sins of others at the cross. So that you can forgive. Jesus was wounded that we might be healed. I, 
I'm just reminded of the infirmities that we carry and say, Lord, I want to visit the cross where you took wounds upon you. By your stripes we have been made healed, Peter says. By his stripes. There's provision for healing and men are, are going to pharmaceuticals and they're going to all sorts of inventions when there's provision at the cross. Jesus was made of sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous and walk righteously. Jesus tasted death for us that we might share in eternal life. He was made a curse for us on the cross that we might receive blessing. He endured poverty that we might come into share in his abundance. Jesus bore our shame that we might be invested, invested, uh, adorned with glory. He endured rejection that we might feel accepted. Uh, I'll tell you something that the supernatural love of God at the cross will fill you in such a way you'll never need anything from any other man. You'll never need anything from any other relationship. You'll have peace and joy regardless of the ones who betray and reject you. He was cut off that we might be joined. Our old man was put to death. Some some of our members today are going to get water baptized and they're going to just bury that old man with all his destructive ways. I'm asking the question this morning, why are you putting the cross off? Why do you refuse to embrace the cross? Why have you become enemies to the cross? Why are you walking in such a mindset of losing your joy and your peace because the cross is not present in your life? It's an everyday reality. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates there on the cross. When we look at the cross, we look at the unfettered, unrestricted love of God. God demonstrates his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. The message is a flag that says, you know something? It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Come, because my love is overwhelming, extravagant love. It goes way beyond your ability to understand. When you were, and you could think about it. I don't know if you want to concentrate on your sin right now, but concentrate on the worst sin. What is the worst sin? For different people, it's different things. And then some people who I have talked to say it's not fair that God would forgive him. It's not fair that God would forgive a pedophile. We had a man on this pulpit several years ago came. He said he murdered five people. He was a hit man for a mafia in California. And he walked into a house because he had a contract for the life of one man. And when he, when he shows up, four of the man's friends are there. And he executes them. He shoots them all in the head only to hear the words, I still love you. And he says, what? How could you love somebody who just murdered five men? And that's the love of God. While we were sinners, he loved us. So nothing we could ever do will stop his love towards us. God will not love you anymore because you behave he won't love you any less because you misbehave. He had a perfect love towards you. The Bible says it right there. He demonstrates this love for us while we were yet sinners. Think about that. 
Think about the depth of that love. Only a mother's love, I think, in regards to Ted Bundy who kills 35 women and his mom is still sitting there saying, that's my son. And he's a good son. Really. That's a mom's love. That's the unaffected love of him who will love beyond extreme. Some people feel that this love entitles them to continue to sin and don't don't deceive yourselves. See the the savage way that Christ died upon the cross brings the love of forgiveness and then the righteous indignation against everything evil. So the Bible says be quick to come to his love. Don't put it off for another day because just like he was able to bring mercy He's going to bring truth. He's going to establish. And he says, all those who stand against this love will feel the righteous indignation of his perfect wrath. There is no excuse for you to delay. This is my father who's 78 years old is saying, I have to listen to what he says. So everyone, the Bible says, is without excuse to come to the cross. The cross speaks of his grace of his goodness. The cross shows how much God hates sin, that he's able to excite the, the price of the son upon the cross. Let's read this in Psalm 7, verse 11. God is a righteous judge and a God who is indignant all day expresses his wrath every day. Those refusing to come to the cross will soon see the wrath of his indignation. And the reason why it hasn't come yet, Peter says in 2 Peter 3.9, that the Lord is not delaying his promise as someone, some might understand delay or slowness. Some think that God is just accepting us to be wrong. He's not. He's being patient with you because he doesn't want anyone to perish. But his desire is that everyone come to repentance. Everyone come to the cross. That's the, the powerful thing about the cross. It's open to all people. Every nation, tribe, and tongue are invited to come and to be healed. To come and to embrace this cross means a new life. New, new relationships in forgiveness. Romans 8.1 says that there's no condemnation to those that come to the cross. He's not pointing out. He's not looking at sin. He's not measuring the intensity of your wickedness. In Christ, he has brought salvation. He has brought cleansing. He's made man whole through the cross. I want to encourage you this morning that you walk in that direction that you walk in the direction of the cross first Corinthians 1:20 he says for some people it is foolishness and for others it's a stumbling block where is the wise man where is he who is much studied where is the philosopher of this age how will he put things back together again god has made has not made god foolish the wisdom of the world verse 21 
For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know God. God was pleased. This brings pleasure to the heart of God. That through the foolishness of what was preached, that cross, to save those who believe. It's really powerful. Verse 22. Jews demand a miraculous sign. And the non-Jews, the Gentiles, the Greeks look for wisdom. But Christ, but we preach Christ crucified. The cross. That this, this, is, this is the work and the complete work of God for all time, for all men. And as people look at this, the Jews stumble and the Gentiles think it's crazy. They think it's crazy. How does Christ fix all things through the cross? The book of Hebrews says for us to look at that cross for a shot of inspiration to whatever you're going through. Because I assure you, my friend, that you, while you're taking on the sins and the offenses of a few, there's a Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Who carried your sins, every single one, for all time. For that of your family members, your brothers and sisters, fathers, stepfathers, stepparents, cousins, aunts, uncles, child molesters, neighbors. All of this went upon the shoulders of Christ at the cross. And the cross is the promise of a tragedy turned triumphant. What is what is behind you coming to the cross? If Christ coming to the cross is the salvation of all men, how much more will there be a glorious reuniting of all of God's purposes if you embrace your cross, if you come to the cross of Christ? 2 Timothy 2.11, he says, This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If, if Christ went and was able to die on the cross so that we might live, what will live if you decide to go to the cross and die? What is the power of the resurrection of God in relationships if we are able to do this, if we walk in this direction? John 5, 24, he says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned He's crossed over from death to life. How does he cross over from destruction to life through the cross? Let's stand this morning and ask the musicians to come forward. And I'm going to pray that you have the wherewithal and the wisdom to stop walking contrary to the cross. That the cross is not a little symbol that you wear around your neck to call yourself a Christian. It's not something you put on a t-shirt to wear on the street. It's much more intense. It's much more real. That you might be able to come. A song was sung many years ago. It was called The Old Rugged Cross. Where I lay my sins down. Where I pick up the hope to be able to confront those things that will face me each day. 
If you don't deny yourself and pick up your cross daily, you're not worthy to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So I guarantee you one thing, you will suffer in this life. There's a Christianity being preached today that has nothing to do with the cross. Everybody is going around with their claims. This is why I'm upset. This is why I'm hurt. This is why I'm not, I've decided to rebel. This is why I'm disobedient. This is why I won't go to church. This is why I'm not going to serve Christ. This is why I won't put him at the forefront. All these are matters that need to be nailed to the cross. The book of Colossians says that that is where Jesus nailed every, every sin of man. And he held it in front of Satan. Satan doesn't want you to come to the cross. Satan wants you to keep on walking in your, in your own self-righteousness. Let's read Colossians chapter 2 in verse 13. At the cross you are dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature. God makes you alive with Christ and he forgave us all our sins. Verse 14. Having canceled. That's what happened at the cross. It canceled every written code, every regulation that was against us and stood to oppose us. He took it away and he nailed it to the cross. Grab that thing. Right there to the cross. What are the claims? What are the sentiments? What's killing you? What's destroying you in your walk to his glorious purpose? Nail it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. And what does this do? Verse 15. It disarms the powers and the authorities. And gives you a triumph. It gives you the banner of, hey, I have won. This is over. It is settled. It is finished. I am triumphant. I will, I will continue to pursue my Lord and my Savior. I will continue to shout forth His glories. The devil has filled our lives with, with lists. Of all the accusations we have, back on that this happened, and on that this happened, and all these written codes and regulations that you're holding, and you could describe them to the T, and they're justified, and they're real, and they're deep, and they're authentic. And Jesus did like this. He says, I'm going to give them the victory, the cross. Chack, chack, chack. Leave them at the cross. Leave them at the cross. And serve your Lord and Savior with all your passion that you might see the glories of God. That the principalities would be disarmed in your life. That the devil has no standing to trip you up and to steal from you. As we sing this song, the altar is open. And you could just raise your hand and just come to the cross like this. Grab all your indictments and come and lay them at the feet. Say, the devil, I put this at the cross. I put this at the cross. And we're going to sing one song and then I'm going to pray.